الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له نشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم الله الرحمن الرحيم ظهر الفساد في البر والبحر بما كسبت ايدي الناس يذيقهم بعض الذي عملوا لعلهم يرجعون قال النبي صلى الله الله عليه وسلم نعمتان مغبون فيهما كثير من الناس الصحة والفراغ كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم صدق الله المولان العظيم وبلغنا رسوله النبي الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين Honorable suspected elism rejects in Islam The person cautions us of some danger on a certain pathway or in a certain area then either one of two things we have to be really brave enough to go through that area or we could be really stupid enough to go through that area If someone tells us that the person one particular street one particular town you pass by they'll always rob you every second person is getting robbed hijacked with a killing day every minute we need a lion's heart maybe to enter that area and if we have to go we'll have to go we will go if it's absolutely necessary otherwise we'll take all the precautions and stay away from certain areas someone tells us for example in our situation maybe you know maybe one of the dangerous towns in south africa maybe hilbrow or maybe amtata someone says let's take a drive and go amtata or in joburg let's take a drive go through hilbrow what will say this not right upstairs or whatever we'll in our deen allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and rasul pak alayhi salatu wassalam many instances have cautioned us about certain areas certain avenues certain places let's stay away from that now it may not may it may not be an area like an area we'll talk like a place geographical area a town or a city or a street but certain things that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have cautioned us about stay away from those type of environment those type of places those avenues which are there which are a danger to us now when we say danger again one is don't go to that town because it's dangerous you'll get hijacked what's the worst that may happen what's the worst that may happen you're a believer you had to go there for whatever reason you have firm yakin that allah is a protector you read your duas you read your quran you read your ayatul kursi whatever you have to read you read everything you have to go there for whatever reason you went there what is the worst that may happen maybe they stole something of yours maybe they hijacked you they took your car even if it's 1 million rand they took that car away and the worst that can happen is they may take your life away how serious is that a person went for a good cause maybe he went to earn his rozi it is in obedience of allah that he had to go there and his life went away he was a muslim a believer he took all his precautions he read all his duas he will die as a shaheed man qutila duna malihi duna ardhihi this hadith explains various levels of shaheed various types you protecting your wealth they came to snatch your car away you fought with them and they killed you you're a shaheed you're a martyr so the worst that may happen is your life may go away but you died as a believer earn in risk for your family or you went to visit a certain person that was sick that is also in the obedience of allah allah is happy with that it's got its own virtues or you went for in the path of allah in jamaat tabligh in jihad whatever you went for a cause that was a noble cause you'll get the reward of shaheed that's the worst is your life will be taken away but here what we're talking about is in this season when there's so much of fitna there's so much of filth happening around us whether it's in the mall whether it's in the on the beachfront whether it's in the haram den wherever it may be and rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam has cautioned us to stay away from places of fitna stay away from wrong stay away from evil stay away from that place which is a danger to you now this danger what type of danger is this? the first danger we spoke about the worst worst case scenario your life will go 
but you had Iman, you'll still go to Jannah. But this danger is the danger to your Iman. Your Iman is at stake. Maybe your life won't go, your wealth won't go, your property won't go, but your Iman is at stake. And if your Iman has to go in that environment, if Allah has to take away your life in that environment, then what a great loss for that person who thought he was a believer but died as a kafir. A person thinks, you know, I'll just go there, spend a few hours maybe on the beachfront. You know, in this season, how the people dress up. That's why I'm just giving an example of beachfront. You'll hardly find a spot maybe where it's clear, there's no one there where you can enjoy yourself nicely with your family. You won't find those kind of spots unless you're on a private beach on your own. But nevertheless, the people are dressed scantily, they're dressed terribly, exposing every bit of the body. Men and women mixing and we go with our wives, we go with our children. Isn't this a danger to our Iman and the Iman of our family? We are trying to sanction it and say, okay, never mind, no problem, we can go. Our children are growing up thinking that this wrong is right. Then again, the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he cautions the sahaba and he says that a time will come, a time will come, when the lengthy hadith, one section, one part of the hadith, a time will come that when the wrong will be regarded as right and the right will be regarded as wrong. A man who's upright on deen will say this is a fundamentalist, this is an extremist, this is like this and he's like that, he's backwards and camelage, we'll start classing him with different titles and different names. And the man who's been wrong, I will start praising him, think this is right, we start promoting that what he's doing is right. Now it's modern, uh, interfaith, we all have to be together, we all one, we mix and everything. Uh, equality in Islam, Billah. we don't understand the concept of equality when Islam talks about equality. And we think that men and women have to be equal, that is equality. So now our mind is now like this. So imagine our children growing up and one is a kafir, a disbeliever who dies on kufr, he dies on disbelief. He was, whole life he was a disbeliever, he was a kafir. Then he dies as a disbeliever, that is one, you know, we'll say it's bad, it's wrong, hard luck, wasn't written for him, whatever. But worse than him is a person who lives his life as a Muslim, then he still dies. That is worse. He becomes a mursad, he renegades, he leaves Islam. Sometimes he knows purposely, he chooses and he leaves Islam. Sometimes he doesn't realize, he does certain actions, he says certain words, he utters certain statements. Why Allah had to make this happen to me? Sometimes we are thin. And sometimes it is in his mind, what they say in Arabic or in Urdu, they will say, that his mind now starts thinking against Islam. And in his mind, he's not convinced that Allah is in charge of everything. That Allah is the doer. That the marozi, my rizq, my sustenance is in the hands of Allah. He's not convinced about this. He's not convinced that I've got to stand in the court of Allah one day. My eyes will close. I will die. I will leave this world. He's not convinced. He has all these doubts. And in his mind, he's happy that, hey, look at the disbelievers. How nice for them. They can eat what they want. They can drink what they want. They can weigh what they want. They can do what they want. They can go where they want. They can behave how they want, they can celebrate what they want. In his mind now, he so nice for them, in his mind he's thinking all this. So outwardly, he's not a disbeliever, but a zehni irtidat. Which means in his mind now, he's already becoming a murtad in his mind. Has, in his mind, he already started leaving Islam. Now it's just a matter of his action. So this is the season, beloved friend, that Allah Pak Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has cautioned us. At the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Yahud also used to celebrate, they had to have the Eid. So once Rasulullah sallallahu found out that they all gone out, they have in celebration, Eid, Eid, so what, found out what is this? It's, you know, this is a, a big day for the Yahud. This is their celebration. So then Nabi Pak alayhi salatu wasalam mentions that we also have our Eid. And our Eid is when the month of Ramadan is over, we have our Eid. That is our Eid, our celebration. Now, let us look at the two types of celebration. Maybe the word celebration is not a very good word, a good translation or whatever. But in a disbeliever's life, celebration means go out free, do whatever you want. Celebrate. Party, merry make, mix, whatever. No restrictions, no, no one to tell you one man with another person's wife, another, all, no one worries about it. Celebration. And when our celebration comes, our Eid comes, then what is it? Allah Rasul Rasulullah taught us 
that when Eid comes, then we celebrate by making more ibadat. By showing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of course, we won't, we won't stay away from food and everything we'll eat. But doesn't mean now we're allowed to eat everything. Haram also now it becomes halal, no. It doesn't mean now we can mix up in our gatherings. Who we're not allowed to look at now, we start mixing and talking and hugging and kissing. That's still haram, is haram. But the ibadat increases to this extent that Nabi Pak has made it a sunnah that on the day of Eid, a person reads one extra namaz. Eid salah, we all go for Eid salah. We eat gao in the masjid, wherever we go. It's extra. But this is how we celebrate. This is how we rejoice. We rejoice by making our Allah happier. We rejoice by making, you know, Qurbani days of Qurbani Eid al-Adha is also, also an Eid. It's also a joyous occasion. And we say Qurbani. Have you ever pondered why the word Qurbani? Qurbani is from the word, from the Arabic word Qurb. And Qurb means to get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In other words, in our Eid, on our Eid day, we are slaughtering the animal. Our object is not the meat. Our object is to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make him happy that we can get close to Allah. Or, and in Urdu they say very nicely, or, jitna kareeb hota jata hai, kareeb walo ki suni jati hai. Kareeb walo ki suni jati hai. That means the closer you get to a person, you now you have a very close pal. Very, very close friend of yours. Now when you're in time of need and you go and tell him, you know what, Hazrat, you know, I'm in a big problem, big mess here. Promise someone I got to give him 20,000 tomorrow. And for some reason, I was expecting some money to come, didn't come. And I'm only, is that guy only going to give it to me after one week? But this man, I promised him tomorrow. Now you confide in with your friend. Now he says, you know what, just take the 20,000 from me. You pay it to him tomorrow. When yours come, you sort me out. So why is a close person? Whatever the man close to you says, his words are heard, are obeyed, are taken to heart. So the closer we get to Allah, now we beg Allah, oh Allah, I got this problem. Oh Allah, my child is troubling. Oh Allah, the husband is troubling. Oh Allah, the wife is troubling. Oh Allah, this one is troubling. Oh Allah, my job is at stake. Oh Allah, I got this problem. Now Allah says, this man is close to me. Whatever he wants, Allah passes away. But this qurbani and all this closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if the environment is right. Coming back to our situation now, this December, January period, flocking the places where the disbelievers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala flock and we increase the number. In the hadith, Rasulullah s.a.w. cautioned us again very, very carefully. He says that that person who increases the number of a people, he is counted amongst them. Now, the, for example, the Christians are having one celebration. Let's give one other example. The Christians are having one celebration. One. Now you just go there and you join them. So you increase the number. You'll be regarded as a Christian. Now all the people are going naked to the beach. 5,000, 6,000, 2,000, 200, whatever numbers are going. You went also, you increased that number. Maybe you went dressed properly, but they are not dressed properly. One match is taking place and the people are dressed and is intermingling and sitting and music and whatnot. You added to the number there. Rasulullah says you add to the number of a people, you are regarded as part of it. You can't say, no, I went dressed properly. Or, I went in sunnat libat and I plugged my ears. No, you added to the number, you are part of it. So we stay away from those environments that Rasulullah has said, Allah's anger descends on that. Imagine if you are in that place. Imagine if you are in that place. And Allah has appointed the angel of death to come and take our life away at that. What a disgrace for us. What a disgrace for our family. Now, on the flip side, what should we do? Now is a time, mashallah, in our life where we got three days, holidays. The hadith that I read, Rasulullah said that two favors, two gifts, two ni'mat. Most of the people are in deception about it. They are deceived. They don't appreciate, they don't understand, they don't value these two names. One is good health and one is free time. You don't understand the value of good health, you go to the hospital. You don't understand the value of free time, you go to the prison. They got the time, but they cannot do what they want. The man is in the hospital. Health doesn't permit him to do what he wants to do. Nevertheless, these two things. Allah Pak has given us, we are in this period, mashallah, schools are closed, offices are closed, many of us are free. Let us look in our lives now, where we lost out, let us cover up that. Some distant family member, we haven't visited in a long time. So instead of going on a, uh, let's go for a drive, instead of going for an aimless drive, let's make it worthwhile. Have some set some goal. Let's go visit this family. Let's take some hadiah, some gifts, some fruit, some lychees, mangoes, cherries, whatever you can get. Take it for the some poor people in our community, some people who got no families in our community. They're living here for many, many years. They got no wives. Their wives are back in their hometowns, in their home country. Take something for them. How much happy Allah will get. The same reward that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives for those who do gush. They go door to door, knocking the people and calling them to the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
calling them towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The same reward Allah gives for that person goes and visits his Muslim brother just for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for no other reason. We got no ulterior motive. He didn't go there to lend him money or to collect some loan debt that he or to go and uh, <coughs> pay his bill or to go and ask him for some favor. Nothing, only to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are free now, we can do that. Then many of us, maybe we got qaza namaz in our life. Salah which we haven't read for years. And since we became baligh, 14, 15 years of age, Salah became farz upon us. Now we're 20, 25, 30, 50, 70, 80. We missed out few years. Or we missed out so many Salahs. Now is the time maybe we come earlier to the masjid, cover up our Salah. Maybe many of us didn't, don't get a chance to open the Quran Sharif to make tilawat. Allah Pak has freed us. Now is the time. I'm not saying... So give all the time for your salah and give all your time for tilawat and all your time only in the masjid. What I'm saying is have a timetable and allocate so much time. Instead of coming 1 o'clock or half past 12 for salah, I'll come 12 o'clock, I'll come 1 hour earlier and I'll make my ibadah. Instead of coming for asr this time, most a lot of masjid asr is late, I'll come earlier, 1 hour earlier and I'll make my ibadah. I'll cover up for my, for my path. So this is one. Now, beloved friends, we will be regarded as people of the environment of the masjid, people who are deen dar, will be getting close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then when the time of death comes, how lucky would be he would be if Allah takes us away in this environment. This week there was a janaza in Sapingo Hill. Maybe many of you may have heard Musa passed away there. Many, many nice qualities about him. Always entertaining people in the area. Anyone goes there, must want to take them home, cut the fruit, and he feed them, and jamaat, and whatnot. So someone was there by his house, one of the musallis, his relative, and he says, you know what, just take me for one small drive. We'll go to Spingo Hill. Not his habit, not sick at all, no symptoms, nothing. Absolutely normal. Of course he was age, 78, whatever. Come in the car, they went past the beach, came, he says, I need to go to the toilet. Take me. He said, okay, let's go to the masjid. On the way to the masjid, you know what? Masjid, rather take me to the madrasa, to the darlum. At least I'll hear the children reading Quran. I love it when the children read Quran. His word way, I just love it to hear the children reciting Quran. That's where his word. So the Hafizah took him there, and because the gate was closed, so he said, you go inside, I'll park the sign, I'll come here. But Hajisah went toilet, came out, fell down, whatever happened. He was started like, you know, feeling dizzy, so they put him on a chair. And he just put his head down like that, and within a few seconds, he was gone. He could have passed away half an hour earlier at his home. He could have passed away... Anywhere else, he passed away in an institute where the last thing he could hear was the children reciting Quran. Now, this is because of the love that he has for deen. That even in that age, all circumstances, he would never miss his salah with jamaat in the masjid. So the man who is attached to Allah, Allah gets attached to that person. The further we get away from Allah, then the further Allah gets away from Allah. The person who goes out becomes Allah, Allah becomes his. But the person who angers Allah, Allah has no time for such. So, beloved friends, this is the time Allah Pak has given us. If we look also, we always, you know, we want to blame this country, this problem, that area, this problem, this problem, that problem. And we want to blame, you know, we do the blame game. Pass the buck on to the other person. You know, it's not our fault. I'm not, we okay. Our country, we said, yeah, this, that, no. Allah Pak speaks in general. Allah Pak says, Wherever there's problems, then it, the problems that are there on earth is because of the doings of mankind. The amal. The amal that will go to Allah from us, our actions. That will go to Allah, accordingly Allah makes decisions for us. So if we do good amal and we promote good actions and we bring about that environment where it becomes easy to practice on deen, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send out those conditions that are favorable to us. There won't be no looting, there won't be no uh, robberies, theft, difficulties, stealing, problems in our businesses. All the Allah will take it away. And we make link ourselves and make our connection with Allah. But if we continue our life angering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has no time for us. So Allah Pak then brings them. Because now our actions that are going up are those that are angering Allah. Angering Allah. So Allah brings those conditions that are not appropriate for us. That we don't like. And now we start blaming this person and we blame that person. The Quran says, blame none. But Allah says, why? Allah doesn't punish us because he gets happier for punishing us. Allah does not punish us to show us a point or something. Allah Pak wants, he could punish us one and wipe us out. Like how he wiped out the nations of the past. But because of the blessings of the Nabi Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, 
Allah will not wipe out this entire ummah one time like how the previous nation. Right. So Allah Paak says that this punishment is small, small. These are, you know, in another place in the Quran, we read in Surah Sajda, وَلَنُذِيقَنَّهُمْ مِنَ الْعَذَابِ الْأَدْنَى دُونَ الْعَذَابِ الْأَكْبَرِ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْجَعُونَ Same thing, this ayat, that ayat, similar. Allah Paak says, we give you the small punishment before the big punishment of Qiyamah to come. That just to make you taste it so that you come back. Allah says, we want you to come back to us. We want you to turn, <coughs> make Toba and return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Toba is that we give up what we are doing. We make a resolution. Not only when the first January comes, you want to make resolution and this and that. No, a resolution in our heart all the time. From every sin. For Allah Paak, I want to make this Toba. I will not go back in that direction. And the easiest way to stay away from sin is to stay away from those things that lead us to the sin. For example, our cell phones, we know, can lead us to many, many sins. So we stay away. Free time, we don't open and just say, okay, let me just see this chat, let me just see that, uh, that app and this. Now we, we are looking for avenues to get ourselves involved. In the hadith, in the Quran Sharif, Allah Pak talks when he talks about zina, fornication, or adultery. Allah Pak don't, doesn't say that don't commit zina. But what he says, don't go near zina. In other words, all those avenues that will lead you up to zina, stay away from those avenues. Also. Because the moment you tread on one avenue, one path, that will lead you to zina. Before you know it, you'll already be in that action. And how a person who commits zina, how it is, doesn't just get into that into that filthy action. No, it's something that led him to it. One thing to the other, that to the other, that to the other, and eventually he commits zina. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. May Allah pa- give us barakat in this, in this time. That we use this these days to please our Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make our akhirah. May Allah make it such beloved friend that we use it to get close to him. We stay, save ourselves from his disobedience and from those environments where Allah's anger and Allah's ghazab comes down. You know, a few years ago, maybe about 18, 20 years ago, whatever, a big tsunami that took place and how the waters came out. Imagine if we have to be in that situation where the water goes back and then the water comes into the land and wipes everything out. We can't find our bodies. Imagine if it had to be. We don't want to frequent those places where Allah's ghazab, Allah's anger, Allah's wrath comes down. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. May Allah protect our iman, protect our children's iman. But the protection, one is we mentioned that the environment come to the masjid. Then join the jamaahs that are going out in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They go in, inshallah, jamaahs go out from all over the place. Then have talim in our home. This is not talim in our home. It's not a, like a jamaat team or a tabligi team. This talim in our home is a, is a survival for every person. If you don't believe it, start it and see the benefit of it. You want sometimes your wife, you want your children to come onto deen, you want them to change their life, you feel hard to talk to them, you feel hard to tell them, or you're telling them they're not looking at the talim in your home every day, 15 minutes. So it's up to half an hour. Not just barakat, two minutes, we read one hadith, and this talim. No, that is barakat. But to do it as an amal, as a practice, a half an hour, target is half an hour. Then see the change that Allah Pak will bring in our home, the barakat that Allah Pak will bring in our home, the rahmat, the mercy of Allah that will come in our home. Then no word can be able to describe that. والله فقير وقال توفيق وآخر دعوات الحمد لله نغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له لا هادي له ولا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله له بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا بين يدي الساعة ويطع الله ورسوله فقد رشد ومن يعصيهما فقد غوى الله ربنا أن يجعلنا ويطيع رسوله ويتبع رضوانه ويستنف سخطه وأيها الناس لكم معالم فانتهوا إلى معالم لكم نهاية فانتهوا إلى نهاية وإن العبد المؤمن بين مخافر وإن أجر قد نضى لا يدرم الله الصادر وبين أجر قد بقي لا يدرم الله قاض به فلتزود العبد من نفسه لمن حياته لموت بابره 
فمن دنياه لآخرة والذي نفسي بيده ما بعد الموت ولا بعد الدنيا بعد النار هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولسائرو الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونتوكل ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ولا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله أرسله بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا بين يدي الساعة من يطع الله ورسوله فقد رشد ومن يعصهما فإنه لا يضر إلا نفسه ولا يضر الله شيئا أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم ظهر الفساد في البر والبحر بما كسب الإيد النار يذيقهم بعض الذي عملوا لعلهم يرجعون قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كان مغمون كثير من الناس الصحة والفراغ قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أرحم أمتي بأمتي أبو بكر رضي الله تعالى وأشدهم في أمر الله عمر رضي الله تعالى وأسقهم حياء عثمان رضي الله تعالى وقضاهم علي رضي الله تعالى وفاطمة صيرة النساء أهل الجنة رضي الله تعالى والحسن والحسين سيدا شباب أهل الجنة رضي الله تعالى عنهما وحمزة أسد الله وأسد رسوله رضي الله تعالى اللهم اغفر للعباس وولده مغفرة ظاهرة وباطنة لا تغادر ذنبا الله في أصحابات اتخذهم غرضا من بعد ومن أحبهم فبحب أحبهم ومن أبغضهم فببغض أبغضهم خير القرون قال الذين يلون اللهم عيز الإسلام وانصارا وعيز للشرك وأشرارا اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى واجعل آخرتنا خيرا من الأولى اللهم انصر من نصر دين محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وجعل الله رحمكم الله الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء القربى وينهى والمنكر والبغي يعيدكم لعلكم تذكرون قال تعالى فاذكروني واذكركم واشكروا لي ولا تنشل الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضال سبح اسم ربك الأعلى الذي خلق فسوى والذي قدر فهدى والذي أخرج المرعى فجعله غثاء أحوى نقرئك فلا تشاء إلا ما شاء الله إنه يعلم الجهر وما يخفى ونيسرك لليسرى فذكر فعتسرى سيذكر من يخشى ويتجابها الأشقى الذي يصلى نار الكبرى ثم لا يموت فيها ولا يحيا قد أفلح من تزكى وذكر اسم رصلا بل تؤثرون الحياة الدنيا والآخرة خير وأبقى هذا لفي الصحف الأولى صحف إبراهيم الله أكبر الله لمن حمد الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم نعبد وإياك نستعين من الصراط المستراط الذين أنعمت غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضال أتاك حديث الغاشية يوم غاشعة عاملة حافظة 